name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Home from Where Widow Sees. This is a podcast where normally I and a guest talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Except we're not doing that today, because this is the anniversary episode! <laughs> Wayward has been a podcast officially coming up, out with episodes for... When this episode comes out, more than a year. I think the actual launch date was February 5th? But I don't remember, and I don't feel like looking back right now, so this is the anniversary episode. Uh, and because it is the anniversary episode, uh, today we're going to be doing a Q&A. And I say we because I press-ganged my roommate and friend, Shaylin, <laughs> into being the question asker. Hello, everyone, and happy anniversary. Thank you. Happy anniversary to you. This isn't Chili's. You don't have to sing the song. <laughs> but songs are always fun. They are. But they are, but I know you had a long day. I had a long day. Let's ask some questions. Your first question comes from Tanner Fogelgesang. I think that's actually correct. Good job. Something about singing birds. <laughs> At Sparky Upstart. Okay. And what is the question? If the OCs featured so far were all put together in a video game, would it be a fighting game, dating sim, or something else? I feel like maybe the best option is to have it be something else. Because I like the idea of having it be a fighting game, except for the fact that, like... Actually, no, wait, yeah. A fighting game, but it would have to be a fighting game like Super Smash Bros. Where it's not as, like, high stakes. It's more fun competitive play. Okay. Because there's there's some characters that have been on the list that aren't necessarily combatants, <laughs> and it would probably... Can you just have, like, some characters who are totally not into fighting, just, like, kind of chilling out on the sidelines, and they just, like, give each other side-eye or something? I mean, yeah, I guess that could, that could happen. <laughs> Again, I, I'm not... I don't, I don't design video games, so uh, this is not my area of expertise, but a fighting game on par with Super Smash Bros., Rather than, like, a Dragon Ball Z fighting game, or, like, ooh, Mario Kart would also be fun, like a racing game. That'd ooh, be that fun. One. That'd be real fun. How about a racing game? That's my answer. Final answer. <laughs> so, not a fighting game, dating sim, but definitely a racing game. Yes, definitely a racing game. From Charlie at Magical underscore Pride. Do you make OCs for a specific purpose? Or do you ever make OCs who have a much more passive role in the narrative it's for? Or even more major roles, even if you never do anything with them? This one is a little bit harder, mostly because I don't remember every original character that I've made myself. Um, I feel like the simple answer to this is that I, whenever I make original characters, it's usually a main character, um, or one who is, one who is, if not the protagonist, one of the protagonists in the story. Um, I think the only times when I've created an original character who wasn't was when I was pitching some, uh, NPCs for Sequinox, but those aren't ones that I really put a lot of thought into, and I never, like... I never did any, like, use of them myself. So definitely more leaning towards protagonists. Um, as far as uh, characters who have more, more major roles that I never use, 
Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, not all of my OCs, but a lot of them are ones where I made them for a story or I made them for a specific time frame and then never really carried on with. So there there are a lot of my OCs that were created and then promptly set down when I stopped being interested in the source media. So This one's from Janine at the Rummy J. Yep. If you were to revisit your Pokemon OC today, what would be different? Well, um, I honestly don't know because, um, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this in the episode, the very first full episode where I had my Pokemon Rocks character, Christina. Is that the one where you interviewed yourself? Yes, that's the one where I interviewed myself. That was a fun one. Um, it was fun, but also it was a pain to edit, so I'm probably not going <laughs> to do that again. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But, um... When I, I don't know if I mentioned in the episode or not, but I have another, like, Pokemon OC who has, who I have continued to use through the ages. And her name is actually Christy instead of Christina. Um, but she's essentially, like, the av- like the quote-unquote avatar that I've been using with, with all my Pokemon games that I've been playing since 2003. <laughs> so, um... Christy has definitely, like, grown and evolved and stuff as time went on. So if I were to create a complete self-insert, a TV or a computer had a portal open up in it and I got to jump into Pokemon, um, it would probably just be me and, like, wondering how to get my friends into the Pokemon world with me. And probably just being, I guess, myself just very excited to be around Pokemon and finally getting to apply all of the type combinations that I've had memorized in my head for God knows how long. <laughs> Our next question is again from Tanner Vogelgesang. I said it right the first time. It's okay. I'm overthinking it now. <laughs> okay, you'll be fine. <laughs> Are there any fandoms you're hoping to see an OC from someday? Um... I'm choosing to take this in the context of OCs that I want to have on the show, and not ones that I would like to create myself at some point. Um, I feel like it'd be really fun to have more OCs from different forms of media, if that makes sense. Because a lot of the OCs that we've had, well, I, we, I, we, because you also have been on the show, um... <laughs> But a lot of the OCs that have been on the show have been ones from tabletop games, which is completely fine because that's an avenue that a lot of people use to make original characters. But some of the more interesting like episodes that I've had have been ones where it's like, like <laughs> to pander, the, Nev- <laughs> the Nevdrunia episode, where we had a whole universe that was being built up out of the context of a game that was being played with neighbors and siblings. Mm -hmm. And Renee's episode with Princess Kyrie was based on a game and Kingdom Hearts. So those two different kinds of use, I guess. And I'd really like to, something I want to do in the second year is like, like have more stuff about other forms of media that aren't just tabletop games, but also not completely abandoning tabletop games because those are important. And that's how I come up with some of my OCs. Would you be looking for some characters that maybe are based off of different movies or TV shows that you haven't had as much of recently? Or is that what you mean by different media types or like comic book characters? Um, 
as far as like where it's coming from, I'm. I mean, there's, there's, God, there's so many, there's so many different forms of media. Yeah. I, I mean, you could create original characters based off of those characters on cereal boxes. For goodness' sake. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Actually, funny you mention that because wait, there's a um, thing about that. No, it's not a thing. But um, the one of the one of my podcasts that I like a lot is um. They actually did a role-playing game where they played as cereal box mascot or like like commercial food mascots. That's so, hilarious. Someone played the Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> someone played. Um, I feel like Sam the Toucan, and someone played Snap, Crackle, and Pop, but stacked up on top of each other in a trench coat. <laughs> It's very good. It's the best. It's very good. I love people's imagination. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's so good. This is what my show is about. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's uh by the way, that show is Dear Dungeon, uh, by former guest and still friend of the show, uh, Audrey Stoles. And you should definitely go listen to it. It's very good. Um, but it is uh I I feel like just Honestly, any kind of media. Like, I know people do... I mean, there's, like... I could... I could... I would love to have on original characters from, like, more scripted media. Like, it'd be really cool to have, like... I was an extra in a Star Wars movie, and here's the backstory I built up for my character, even though my character doesn't have a name. Ooh. Like, it can, it can be anything. Within reason, I do, main, I do try to maintain my standards of, like... Just general content rules, but but just like almost anything will work. Tanner's got a follow up question for that. Are there any fandoms or OCs you're dreading? Um, not necessarily dreading. Um, if you're familiar with me outside of the show, um, you know that I don't then you'll know that I don't especially do horror and I'm not so good with like thrillers and that kind of a thing. And also there are some things that I don't necessarily want to cover on Wayward. Mainly the, I don't want to have characters who are, you know, like necessarily going to walk around murdering and pillaging villages and stuff because I, I want this to be a show where people can come to not think about the terrible things of the world all the time. And also, a lot of the world is just really grim, dark, and I want to make things happy. <laughs> James, at Discord underscore Inc., Inc. with a C, have you ever created a side character in a project that spun out into a fully-fledged OC by accident? The short answer is yes. Because, again, if you know me from outside of the podcast, you know that I have a lot of original characters, and I tend to do that a lot. Um, the, the simplest answer is probably the either the two test characters that I did for test games with the Lost Library Grayscale when I was still a part of that podcast. Um, because I came up with those characters under very short time constraints within the span of a couple of days. And then after we played the test games, I... I, do, I did lots of development with them, and they're both very special to me. Uh, and also, I essentially made a full team of Power Rangers in about three days after binge-watching Power Rangers Dino Charge uh, my senior year of college after over the course of eight hours spent in the school library. 
I was scanning film and I had nothing else to do. And I was like, you know what? I can watch Power Rangers. I don't care if I give the school's library computer a virus from the streaming site. (laughs) Jackie at Queen of RPGs asks, can you make a crack ship from two of your guests' OCs? I can. Um, I feel like I should probably explain to you what a crack ship is. I am very confused right now. Okay, um... You, you didn't know what a ship is, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, totally. It's a boat. <laughs> I know what a ship is. Yes. Um, in the context of a crack ship, a crack ship is something where it's two, two characters or two concepts that are absolutely in no way, shape, or form supported by whatever media they might be from. You could have a crack ship that would be Superman, like, crossed with the concept of justice. What? Yeah, it gets Whoa. real weird. The internet is a weird place. Cool, gotcha. Um, yeah. So not cracking the way I initially was <laughs> no, picturing probably, the question. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Um, I feel like with that in mind that I will ship... Why I'm having such difficulty coming up with one is that a lot of the characters on this on the list of OCs that have been on the show um, are ones where I don't think we ever directly addressed like what their gender or like sexual attractions are, and I really don't want to like write in like relationships or things for people's characters that are not mine. Um, Could you do it not from your guests' OCs, but from some of yours? Um. Mm, trying to think uh oh here how about a crack ship um ezra which is annie's digimon and multiverse oc with Callista, the my kingdom hearts oc because they're both incredibly edgy <laughs> you gotta be edgy you gotta be real edgy sky at sandwich surplus i have a question for you which is what sort of sandwiches do you have a surplus of and if it's ham and cheese, can I have one? But you also have a question for Christina, so I'll ask that now, because that's what everyone is here for. Yeah, Sky just replied to this episode tweet or whatever, or something, because Shaylin's curious. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I have to know if you put Vidalia onion dressing on the sandwiches. This is an important question. It's the best. Sky at Sandwich Surplus asks, Who would you like to have on the show from people you know, famous people, or fictional characters? Um, people I know. I know I have a couple of friends that I've talked with about being on the show, but we haven't set a time frame for them to be on the show. Um, so if if we've talked about you being on the show and I haven't gotten back to you with a time frame, uh, send me a message and we can get that figured out over the next couple of weeks. As far as people that I know, I guess, through internet circles, um, I would really like to have the rest of the cast of Fate and the Fable Maidens on. Um, I had Sam, or Sam was on in November, and it was really fun getting to talk about Twidal. And I'd love to get to hear from the other Fable Maidens about their characters and stuff. Um, And I know at one point, uh, Kit from Kirk and Russian Cam 
uh, mentioned having an entire universe of Bionicle original characters. And Kit, if you're listening, I need to know about this. Me too. <laughs> yes, we we need to know about the Bionicle dragons, Kit. Please tell us. <laughs> um, as far as like celebrities or like star guests, um, I'm kind of gonna spitball this here and just throw out some big some big things. Um, I think it'd be really fun to have, um, of course, it'd be really fun to have Griffin McElroy on the show, or any of the McElroys to talk about their original characters, because they're just, they're just so good, and it would be a very good episode. Um, I'd love to have a lot of the creators of my favorite webcomics on, um, and here I'll take a second to promo them. Uh, in particular, I'm thinking of uh, Ramina Yi. I may or may not be pronouncing your name correctly, and I'm sorry. Um, her webcomic is The World in Deeper Inspection. And uh, Mildred, I don't remember what her last name is, but her comic is Agents of the Realm. Uh, those are both incredible comics. Um, I'd really like to... And as... You know what also would be fun? Like, having like Stephen Colbert on. Because he played Dungeons and Dragons, and how fun would it be to talk about to talk with Stephen Colbert about Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, that would be so cool. It'd be fantastic. But also, like, comic creators who, like, maybe Rainbow Rowell. Um, I know she, because she's written so many books, and God, her books are so good. I think it'd be also really fun because, you know what, I, I've seen Spider-Verse. I would love to get to go see it again. Um, but I'd love to talk to the people who created Miles. So, like, Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli and Axel Alonso. Um, those would just be really fun. Or even, like, talking with any of these people who I've mentioned with characters that they haven't necessarily publicized. Because those are all people whose creations I value. And who probably also have things they want to talk about that they haven't talked about before. The tail end of the question was asking if there are any fictional characters you would want to have on the show. Um, short answer is, uh, probably. Um, I'm pretty- if you had an OC on the show talking about an OC? Oh, Jesus, that's too many layers. <laughs> um, I'll actually pull back to the Rainbow Rowell answer because, um, in one of her books that I don't think I have here, um, but in Rainbow Rowell's book, Fangirl, uh, the main character's name is Cather, and she writes fanfic in-universe about it, what is essentially their Harry Potter XP. And so it'd be really fun to interview Cather about her fanfiction. It was asking famous people, without specifying famous people who are currently alive, how cool would it be if you had, like, Tolkien on to talk about his OCs? Because oh, basically Jesus. all of Lord of the Rings is nothing but Tolkien's, like, crazy going all out with And it's all OCs. self-inserts with him and his wife. It's totally all self-inserts everywhere. It would I be think... the best. I feel like he would totally nerd out. Yes. I think if I were to summon J.R.R. Tolkien from the dead, I would have to, I would have to uh, surrender the chair to you to, so that you could interview him yes. for that episode. <laughs> I feel like I just need to interview him for a week straight. Let me extract all of the information, all of the backstories about all of your characters. <laughs> we, I, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. How about that? Let's not. I'm a let's, bit terrified about thinking about crossing that bridge. Let's not summon. Let's not summon ghosts in our house. <laughs> Please, let's not. Sky also asks, 
Have any guests' creations inspired a new OC for you? Not, not directly. Um, I mean, the the closest that I can get to that is that, um, uh, actually, Sky, I mean, your character Nightlight is in a game where I also have an OC, and, uh, Shannon is the one who created Sequinox, and she came on the show to talk about Caden, who is her OC from Sequinox. Uh, but that's the closest I think I could get. Um, since starting the show, I haven't necessarily had a super lot of time to create original characters for stuff. And part of it is that I just really love hearing about what everyone else is doing, and that I don't necessarily want to, I guess, insert myself into their universes. Tanner Vogelgesang. Yes. Yes. Tanner asks, it's a slightly long one, so hang tight for a sec. Go for it. Have you found, not just for this podcast, but in general, any patterns developing regarding the OCs of women compared to those of men? I find that often, but not always, women have OCs that they created while young, that they used to represent themselves in fandoms with predominantly male casts. Meanwhile, men's OCs are usually more recent creations set in original settings. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real here with y'all. I'm going to push my glasses up my nose and get real academic here for a second because this is a very good question that Tanner asked. Um, the short answer is that yes, I have definitely noticed trends with the original characters that people have brought to the show. And the very simple answer to solving the disparities between the between the gender identities of the people who create them and i guess the narrative role of the original characters the simple answer to this problem is make more characters in media that are not guys that people can relate to but i definitely have noticed that like you when there is when there is someone who is not a guy who is making an original character it is almost always a, like a character who is uh, usually in some way a self-insert who is able to affect great change in the story and sometimes fi- fix issues that are in the story um, and also usually to get with whichever main character the creator is interested in. Um, whereas people uh, people who identify as male tend to... Uh, like like Tanner pointed out, um, make characters that are usually more for their own for their own things they're making up by themselves. And if and if I again if I want to get real academic here, I think it could prob- a parallel could probably be drawn with how the lack of the lack of non male main characters in media means that for people who are not guys, the 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 only way they can really well, not the only way, but one of the ways they can really be able to get themselves invested in a story is to create an insert of themselves for the media because they don't have anyone else in the cast they can relate to. Um, which, again, the simple so- the simple solution here is make more main characters who are not guys. But also, I feel like I've noticed that, like, the, the people... Like, people whose original characters... Um, are not necessarily guys. They're like they they're always much more extravagant than the than people whose characters are guys. Like if if I were I think we mentioned this at one point when I was talking with uh, Annie and I think maybe with Audrey. 
um, like the characters that they created were like immediately fantastic at everything, and they have the giant flashiest powers and the coolest costumes. Whereas in some cases, uh, male creators are more willing to create a character who is not necessarily flashy and flashy and overpowered and extravagant. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pull the glasses back down so we're not academic anymore. <laughs> Janine would like to know, is there an OC you've made from a particularly obscure fandom? Um, yes. We're gonna do a deep dive back into Christina of approximately 2004, because I have a Neopets OC. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, from around that same era slash 05, 06, I also have a Warriors Cats OC. So the answer is yes, Janine, I do. At some point they will get talked about, but I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to go back and reread the fanfic I wrote with my own Neopets OCs. <laughs> You wrote a full fanfic? I do. That is exciting. Well, I don't think it was a full fic, but I wrote at least part of it. I, I very much would like to see this at some point. You don't have to, but it'd be great. At some point. I let you read parts of Nevdrunia, so. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you I'll, want something I'll bring, terribly I'll written. I'll bring you one for the Neopets episode, and you can roast me. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> at Burning Burning asks, have you ever had a situation where you've played with a character you loved, played by a character you couldn't stand, or vice versa? Um, the the short answer to that is yes, because tabletop gaming is not perfect and will never be perfect. As long as there's a human element to things, um, they're never going to be 100% perfect. <laughs> I mean, I I don't want to say that, like, Every tabletop experience has its ups and its downs, but it that's kind of the truth. Like, sometimes there's going to be situations that you maybe aren't as much of a fan of, and sometimes there's going to be really great ones. So it's, it's just in learning to take a step back and, like, look at why you're reacting to things in the way you are, and then whether or not, like, you're going to be talking to whoever about it, whatever it is. Cassidy at Madlobotanist. I probably yeah. mispronounced no, that. Madlobotanist. Madlobotanist. That's fun. Yeah. Has a very super relevant question. What is your favorite dessert? Okay. Um. If I had been asked this question four months ago, it probably would have. I probably would have said something different. Uh, but we've been watching a lot of Great British Bake Off. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Uh, and I'll probably go down and watch them after we finish recording. <laughs> um, but I think my favorite dessert is probably a really nicely decorated cake. Because I don't, like, whenever I bake, I don't usually go for the big, for, like, the big showy things, like making a cake. And I mean, like, not even, like, a, like, cakes don't have to be showy. But uh, they usually require a lot more assembly than I want to invest when I'm just normally baking something. So having a, having a nice piece of cake is really good. So I had nearly misread Cassidy's question as, what's your favorite desert? <laughs> so now I would very much like to know, what is your favorite desert? Uh, how about the Gobi? Because it has a fun name. Sounds good. I don't know my deserts. I took geography in junior year? 
junior year of college. I'd like to say that my favorite desert is the planet that Ray's from, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head right now. So Jakku. Jakku. There we go. Okay, see, I didn't know we could pick Star Wars deserts. Okay, so Star Wars deserts, then yes, Jakku. You can pick any desert in any universe, fictional or otherwise. Okay, the desert route from Hoenn in Pokemon. (laughs) I think it's like Route 121 or something. I don't remember exactly. I love that you would know the actual number for this. That's wonderful. Look, those games are very important to me. (laughs) Tanner also asks, which OC would join a ska band? I don't know what a ska band is. I will play you some samples later. It's essentially, um, you know how in like the early, like the early aughts, everything was very much so into the aesthetic of like black and white checkers, like black and white checked armbands and lots of like dark colors. I grew up in a different early aughts than you did, I think. I you was did. not aware of this. <laughs> um, essentially, ska is a music genre that has a lot of... It's got a lot of, like, really quick beats to it. And okay. usually people are playing, like, saxophones and, like, brass instruments. That oh, kind of a thing. okay, cool. It's usually, like, brass instruments and drums. Those are the two big hallmarks of it. Okay, I, th- um, I think I see where you're going with that. And this is yeah. a great mental image. And now I very much also want to know which OC would join yes. the band. Um, I actually do have a good answer for this because I was thinking about it beforehand. And the simple answer is that uh, Ezra, Annie's original character, who is from both Digimon and then a multiverse, she would definitely have her own ska band. Annie, I, I, I hope that this is true, but I feel it in my heart that this is probably true. You think this character could get other characters to join their ska band? Yes. 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 And if we're just pulling from this list of the original characters of who would be in a ska band, I feel like actually Tanner's Glee original character, Sean, would also probably be in a ska band, simply because I think he's the only one who has musical experience. So... (laughs) Do you need musical experience to be in one of these bands? Not necessarily, but he was the only other one I could think of. (laughs) Janine has another question. And she'd like to know if you have a spider sona. Yes, I do. Um, I posted it on my personal account on Twitter. Um, that's just the one that's at Seawoods Art. Uh, back, I think it was right in the beginning of January, because I had some weird time around work, and so that was when I had time to make her. Um, but yes, she is. I think I just called her like the golden spider. Um, she's based on an Argaipe Aurentia, which is like the yellow garden spider, essentially. And I think I decided that like her, like her, like her, like her real name or whatever is, I think I decided it was going to be like Sam. Um, and I don't remember what else I had aside from the fact that she has the superpowers of being able to create two different kinds of webbing, both the both like a more stable kind for like construction and then also like the standard webbing for everything that spider people normally do with their webs like shooting criminals and stuff the art christina created for the spider sona is amazing so you guys should definitely go check it out you flatter me you also should check it out because i like my spider sona very much she's fun shannon at shannon mayner would like to know is there any fandom or series you're not at all into but dig the aesthetics of and would want to design an OC for? Um, hmm. I mean, we kind of talked about this in the Kingdom Hearts episode that Shannon was, that Shannon very kindly hosted 
um, that I really like the aesthetic of Kingdom Hearts, and I actually did make an original character for that, so I just wanted to bring up that I like the aesthetic and call it good. Um, aside from that, I mean, I like the... I mean, Final Fantasy is also kind of a cop-out because it has the same kind of aesthetic as Kingdom Hearts. Lots of people with very spiky hair and oversized pieces of armor and giant weapons. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, there's so much going on with, like, Lord of the Rings and stuff that that's just a fun aesthetic. And Star Wars can be literally anything, so it's always great to see those. Although, I do have a Star Wars OC, and I feel like you probably have a Lord of the Rings OC if we're being real here. More than one. <laughs> okay. I'll put a pin in that. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything. Because, like, like I said, if there's, if there's something that I'm not as, like, into, it's usually something, like, horror or, like, supernatural or thriller in tone. And if it's not something that I'm interested in, I don't necessarily pay enough attention to it to get a grasp on the aesthetics. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's lots of, like, video games out there. Like, I feel like Mass Effect is really cool, and I, I will probably never get around to playing those because... Probably the only consoles I will ever own are Nintendo-based. <laughs> Tanner would also like to know, how many rangers is too many? Context for you, this is specifically in the context of Power Rangers. And I this gathered is, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this is specifically because uh, when I was on the episode of Not If I Reboot You First, we talked after the recording about Power Rangers. And the correct answer is that you have enough Power Rangers when you have more than one Power Ranger that has the same general hue. I thought for sure you were going to say, you can never have too many, but no, I like you that. can. Like, you you can't can differentiate the colors. You can, especially <laughs> when especially when you have a really good blue Power Ranger, and then, and then the Aqua Power Ranger is just one who just leaves his child for ten years with absolutely no explanation, even oh, though boy. he's been alive the whole time. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. I'm still salty about Dino Charge. <laughs> Your very last question of the evening is also from Shannon. I promised a math question. Solve for X. Okay. Uh, since Shannon very kindly asked a math question, my answer for uh, my answer for this is that X is equal to thirteen. Um, but yeah, was there anything that you wanted to add in, Shay, on the fly? If not, that's also okay. Probably not. I'm a little bit brain dead. <laughs> Oh, girl, same. That's why we're going to go downstairs and watch Great British Break Off and eat dessert. Dessert sounds good. Yes. Sorry that I had to make you answer the question about, or ask the question about dessert. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this anniversary episode of Wayward. Um, Shay, what do you want to promo yourself for? Where do you want to be found on the internet? I can be found on the internet as at shaylin.ann. Especially Instagram. I post art there. Yes. She's very active on Instagram and does a lot of... You're very active in your stories and then I get sassy with them. <laughs> she does! She roasts me for my stories all the time because I'll just be taking random videos of, like, art or food or random stuff. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is what friends do. We lovingly roast each other. We lovingly roast each other. <laughs> on Instagram, even though we're, like, half a room away from one another... Like I said. 
Um, it's all good fun. Yes. Uh, if you are in need of jewelry, uh, Shaylin also makes custom jewelry. It's very good. I do. It's uh, Shaylin's Fairy Shop on Etsy. And Christina, where can the internet find you? Um, the internet can find me, uh, obviously, at Seawoods Art on Twitter. It's probably the best way to directly contact me. Um, I was recently on... Mm, excuse me. I was recently... Well... I say recently, I mean at the time of recording. Last night I recorded an episode of Not If I Reboot You First, um, which is a show that uh, Tanner and their friend Lindsay run, uh, which is um, at N-I-I-R-Y-F pod on Twitter. Uh, And they're both kind enough to let me reboot a comic, uh, which is going to be a very buckwild episode whenever that comes out. Uh, So keep an eye out for that one. And or I guess an ear out. It's an ear. It's podcast. Keep a whole head out. Yes, yes. <laughs> Keep a head out for for this podcast when it drops. And uh, I have a project coming up with my friend and former guest of the show, Emmeline Morris. Um, that's probably going to drop sometime in March. We haven't had an we haven't discussed an official launch date yet. But keep an eye on our twitters because we will be figuring that out then. And I think that's it, actually. I'm also Christina Woods Art on Instagram, and if you are on the extremely crumbling platform that is Tumblr, I am at Christina Woods Art. <laughs> it's a trash heap. The Home for Wayward OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our theme song is Violet by Pontington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at waywardocpod or at waywardocpod at gmail.com. And uh, we, like I said, uh, if I have gotten in touch with you about being on the show and I have not recently sent you something about planning out your appearance on the show, um, please get in touch with me. Um, I am... Uh, I have various things going on <laughs> that uh, do take some that do take some scheduling, and I do have at least the next couple of guests lined up for Wayward. But if you're interested in being on the show, let me know, and we can talk about getting it set up. Um, and as of course with all podcasts, please, please, please rate and review us on your listening platform of choice, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, because that helps us to find a wider listening audience and brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Happy anniversary! (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I like how we're whispering to your microphone. Because I'll cut it in post. Because you're going to cut it in post, so why are we bothering to whisper? We may as well shout! Because I don't want to blow up my mic. Sorry.